Hello and welcome to Smosa Chats, where every week I, comedian Preet Singh, will host a guest who has challenged South Asian norms, whether that be through pursuing a passion as a career or devoting their work to challenging the status quo and taboos within our communities. So sit back, grab a smosa, and enjoy. <laughs> so Four and a half hours later. This weird. is what happens when you work with Indians. You, know I mean? <laughs> you turn even... up on time and he turns up like two hours later than the actual guest. What's going on? Shay's about to show up, right? And we've got about <laughs> 40 minutes. And Shay's, we finally brought Shay Smosas and she didn't turn up today. She's coming. She's coming. Tell she, her we got the Smosas. She could ready. smell the Smosas from my. Vegan, vegetarian Smosas. How about oh, that? Oh, really? Vegan, is it? Generally, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I checked. I Googled it and everything. <laughs> So okay. this is obviously part two of the Sunny and Shay podcast mini episodes and Smosa's Chats. Yeah, because we don't do interviews together anymore, me and Shay. We do hosting together, but we don't, uh, we don't share our opinion together because we realise that um, we contradict each other a lot. And they're like, <laughs> what's going on there? Like, he's saying this and she's saying that. And uh, so it's, it's better if we just let, have our own voices yeah. after 10 years of doing uh, stuff <laughs> together. Was it, and be fucking honest here, Shay's not here, she probably won't see this, it's fine. Was it challenging? In what respect? To be like a couple no, doing everything no, together. because we are not a couple, we're mates. So it's like me hanging out with my mate, that's what it is. <laughs> the equipment's going, everything's just fucked on this. Should we just get rid of it? I don't mind, am I popping? I'm alright. Yeah, I'm lying yeah. now, alright. Bro, we're just like, this is... It's alright, let's come out, come out, come out. Yeah, go on, sorry, there go on. Go. So yeah, so we're mates, we just hang out. And uh, if you're hanging out with your best mate, it's quite easy to get on. Uh, we have different sections of our lives in the respect that um, when we're working, we talk about work. When we're at home, we talk about home. When we've got a child, we talk about a child. And then when we have our time, which is normally on the 8th of every month, is when, <laughs> when I take her out, because I've been doing this since I asked her out on the 8th of August. Um, we sort of like have our time right and uh, that's been happening for the last 15 years that's that's interesting man because like so i i did your radio show with bbc radio london last week yeah after the after shay's podcast yeah just before everything went down on lockdown in the united kingdom if you're <laughs> if you're watching this fight four years later after the apocalypse <laughs> somebody's gonna find this on the line yeah, like, what happened what happened in that time <laughs> He came on my BBC Radio London show. Yeah. Well, our BBC Radio London show, me and James. We're long dead. We both contracted coronavirus. If there's any survivors out there, go get help. No, yeah, no. exactly, yeah. Yeah, so that was interesting. Be a it vegan. Was like, you guys had like a real chill dynamic in the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and I guess it didn't feel like work. I don't know what it's like for you guys. But um, it, the, uh, there was, um, the, you know, like, we've had, we have centuries of philosophers who's philosophized about life, right? Mm. And uh, some of these philosophies are turned into religions. And uh, the one thing that you pick up, you realize, you don't realize how much you pick up through religion and through um, people saying things, your uncle saying things. And uh, one of the things I remember, and I don't know where I heard it, when I heard it, who said it, maybe it was a film because yeah. I watch a lot of films. And they said, do the thing you love and then make that your job. Yeah. You will live forever. I, and you will yeah. actually live do you get what I'm saying? So right now, me and Shay are living our lives and it's not, it, feel, it doesn't feel like a job. It feels like we're just enjoying our yeah. lives at the moment. How, so I covered this a little bit off with Shay and Shay told her version, mm -hmm. but how did you first decide to get into radio? 
Um, I did. Uh, I was always interested in uh, the performing arts and theatre and directing and uh, and a, a way of uh, you know ent uh, using entertainment to inform in some way, shape, or form. And radio was the easiest way to get into uh, before me and Shay decided to do it together. And I was always writing plays, uh, ideas, and I was submitting them into the BBC. And uh, it was always sort of like falling on deaf ears, or there's so much competition there. And uh, then this whole thing about ageism and then whatever the flavour of the month is at the time. For example, if they are looking for young people, old people like me don't get in. If they're mm. looking for people from diverse voices, then I might be able to get in in that fa factor. It's never on the quality of the work that's been submitted. It's all what they're looking for at that time to project going right. forward. And every industry and every corporation should do that. And, uh, and they should look at themselves and just be freshened up every now and then. But what happens is that you could get disheartened by putting it in and reject, getting rejected. And I believe that through rejection, you get more ambitious and you enjoy that reaction. Uh, um, you enjoy those re uh, rejections more so if you don't see them as a negative. You see them that someone actually bothered to get in touch with me. Yeah. So carry on doing what you're doing. At some point, you might just hit it at the right time at the right moment. What's, what, what's the rejection that got you in the soul? That you were just like, oh. Nada. No, nothing. Nothing. Really? No, no. Because everything I wanted to do, I do now on my shows. So <laughs> you just hold out, right? You just wait, you just wait and uh, the universe will listen at some point. You just put it out there and uh, don't have any bad feelings because nothing's a mistake. Yeah. And, um, you know. One of the more colourful bits on your show that I found was the phone-ins. You must have had some bad phone-ins. Mm -hmm. You must have, surely. Mm -hmm. What's been the worst? What's the one that sticks in your mind? I guess when we were called uh, racial slurs, I suppose. Uh, oh, when shit. people have come on and outright been racist. And, uh, and how you deal with that without understanding the individual who's come on and mm. just being that abusive. And, and I see that coming from an ignorant point of view. And when we get confronted with things like that, straight away we, just, we have that challenging conversation. But knowing where we are as presenters and who we are and mm. knowing yourself to the as much as you can know yourself because you're always constantly changing through views and through um economics and uh, and environment so you're always learning right so you're yeah. never a constant you're never static if you are if you're someone who enjoys life you're never going to be the same you never uh, you talk to me in a year from now i'd probably have a different point of view here mm. but right now it was just literally taking that conversation and challenging the individual to find out where the hate comes from. Yeah. And, uh, and not seeing it as a negative, but seeing it as a challenge. And so that you can use that opportunity to educate as opposed to getting offended and having a go and like, how dare you call me a... Or how dare you call me a... And they're like, you're like, no, no, where does that come from? Why do you feel that I'm a threat to you? And why do you think that we are different? Yeah. Explain to me. And then all of a sudden they lose the argument because, yeah. um, you know, hate is something that comes from fear. And oh, if you're afraid of me, then I should feel sorry for you, right? As opposed to be angry with you. I've got to nurture you and look after you and just say, don't worry, man, I'm not going to take your job. I'm not going to take your wife. <laughs> well, Sonny might not, but I, <laughs> I probably will. <laughs> I, I, you're a better person than me, man. I guess, it, although I guess it's similar when like, people are like heckle a little bit too far or something when you're on stage. I guess like, my automatic thought is, okay, how can I turn this funny? And I guess your thing is, all right, how can I educate? No, but that's what you do. Humour is a beautiful way of diffusing any situation and also relaying information. Yeah. I think uh, the comedians in America at the moment are doing such a brilliant job at late night 
which are presenting more news than the news channels. Yeah. And if you see what's going on on the news channels on, on some of the main platforms, which, the cons- which are the equivalent to the BBC, uh, you see late night hosts are coming there presenting the facts and making joke of it. And you remember that more than a report that you might have seen uh, given to you by someone who's really polished and uh, relaying the facts, but with you know, a certain slant sort of view of the corporation yeah. at the time. I, yeah, I, so I, I, I completely agree with that. I think I, we were speaking last week about John Oliver, weren't we, and John Oliver's show and stuff. I always find it weird about how media, so it's like you've got Sky News here, and you watch it, and you could see, you could almost see Rupert Murdoch's DNA in the whole thing, can't you? Like, it's just like, it's I can't comment in. either way. I, I, I watch the news on the BBC, I watch the news on Al Jazeera, mm. I watch the news on Sky, and, on, and certain reports that come from abroad, like CNN and uh, Fox News and all of these other platforms. Yeah. And then somewhere in there, you will find a, um, a fact that comes up more often than not. And then from that, you can do your own research. Mm. And there is no excuse to be uh, ill-informed in yeah. this day and age. So therefore, there is, uh, if you are spreading fake news, if you are spreading some news or some facts that you think that you respect someone like an, an actor or a or an influencer, and you share their posts on what's happening with the coronavirus yeah. at the moment, and you might think, yeah, they've never stared me wrong, I really respect their opinion, but you didn't do your research. You didn't go to the you know, you know, um, websites where all that information is there, readily available, yeah. and you're just like, yeah, man, you're going to get it if you hug too much. <laughs> I mean, uh, if you rub up against each other, you might get pregnant. Uh, that's you know, and all that stuff. <laughs> Fake news. That's what the callers were like last week, man. The coronavirus callers. Listen, everyone is trying to navigate their way around the information that's out there. And like I said, I've got family members at home who act like some of my callers who call in on BBC Radio London and WM. Because the information is so readily available and we are in in a position where news is given to us in our hand as it's happening without any kind of digestion or research. So someone says something, it goes out there, and it's come from the point of view of that individual who's shared it, right? And, and the caveat is that they've given their sort of like inline to it. Yeah. And that will be then retweeted. And then therefore, this information that we're getting, even my mum said, don't drink cold water because it will, you know, it will increase the chances of corona. <laughs> Where did you hear this? Oh, it was tweeted by this certain actor and uh, this person and blah, blah, blah. And it was a doctor from Japan. I went, okay. Then I went on the social media and I saw that been tweeted like stupid yeah. amount of times. And then I saw it filtered down to my mum's Facebook page. Then I went to the government website and typed in. Hmm. Nothing. Nothing there. Nothing there. It's fake news. And I had to explain to my mum, dude, just double check before you share that. So can WhatsApp, you please delete that sharing? What, she shared it with everyone. WhatsApp messages are in... Dissy uncle and auntie's hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are fucking dangerous, man. It's just an am- amplification of that. You know the, you know the room that we weren't allowed to be in. <laughs> but you're the like metal. Yeah. Right. And and this is where the adults speak. And then they come out there with views, and you think, and the conversation is always around, you know, culture and how we, you know, survive as a culture in in a foreign land, far as they were concerned. Yeah. Even though, you know, they think they're Indian, they are, you know, believed to be Indian. They had certain aspects of India. But if you are from before the partition of uh, our country, which then created Pakistan and India, Mm. if you look at that, 
before that, we all, all our parents had British Indian passports. And it actually is a blue passport. Fucking Did you know that? passport, man. There you go. And it wasn't <laughs> an Indian, it was, it was a, it's actually when Indira Gandhi, it, when Gandhi came here, he had a British passport. Yeah. So we've never been, we've never been Indian. If you are from that generation that came here during the migration, you've never been oh, Indian. Oh man, no, so, see, so I, so I disagree because like, I, so I think our community has this really like warped view of that like Indian Indian history or like Pakistani history started it, it's always like like partition and then it will go back to religion so whether you're Muslim Sikh or Hindu there'll be that's like the only... some religious event but then there's a whole like the, so many lost stories during the time of like British occupation you say occupation lost. that was that was India India was like Africa right yeah so there wasn't a united India as yes. you know it, until the British came there, right? So, the so when you talk about the lost stories, they weren't India's lost stories. They were communities. Yes. Right? So as a result, when they colonized us and brought us all together, and this is not just in India, by the way, this is mm. all the other countries as well, yeah, like yeah. Nigeria, for example, is the only concept that still exists today as the British left it, by the way, whereas India was divided yeah. still. Uh, but if you look at that, we tell those stories from India, no, it's like a Punjabi story. It's Kerala story. It's um, it's um, uh, you know um, Middle India is like a Rajasthan story. Yeah. And we, if you just travel through India, mate, you will find. I don't know the language. I don't know the food they this eat, and I don't know the culture. You know what I mean? The dress they're wearing. So we're so different yeah. and diverse. I, I group us into India is just like saying, oh, I'm European and I am from Europe. What part of Europe? Yeah. Same thing with India. I get so annoyed. So it's like, I, I don't, I can't identify as Indian. Is like, it because of your beard? <laughs> Fucking this guy. You're not on radio now, Sunshine. I'll start roasting you. Carry on, dude. I don't bro. mind. It's your, you know, I'm going to just accommodate. I mean, like, go ahead. Roast me <laughs> go if you want. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, look at his fake eyes. You know what I mean? Look at him. He comes here with his fake eyes. Sitting here trying to be Mr. Cool. Do you know what I mean? What do you think he is in, eh? You oh. know what I mean? Is he in a sci-fi film? Has he been taken over? No. No. I've been here so, 42 years, mate. No, I can no, do no. This. So, so what we were talking about before, so I can't identify as Indian. Like, I just can't. Like, unless, you're, unless you hold an Indian passport, and I say this to people all the time, unless you hold an Indian passport, yeah. you're not Indian. Why? Well, for exactly the points that you were raising. No, so, no, I'm Punjabi. Culturally, you yeah, can't I'm be Indian because no, there's no such thing as Indian culture, right? Yeah, I'm, to I'm totally with you. Culture's yeah. based on food, language. Yeah. And the region you're from, right? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, this whole idea of identity, uh, it's, it's a misnomer because um, uh, as much as you spoke to Shay last year, mm. last week, right, about religion and all of these kind of things, I don't get into those debates mm. because I believe in philosophy of life. And uh, so I, I believe in the idea that we should think about life and we should think about how we're moving forward as a human race. And there's so many people in the past that have spent so long to just give us the basics. And we know this basics, mm. but we ignore it. And then we take new profits and new influences and they just regurgitate that they're already stuff that's been said before so that we can understand it. And it's we not a religion. It, yeah. yeah, I mean, and it's not a religion. It's just... Let's just get moving forward as a human race and understand our environment, our, uh, our understanding of each other, and therefore identity at that point is irrelevant because you don't even have control over your body. Do you think you control your body at the moment? Yeah? Yeah. Stop growing your beard right now. 
Right now, stop wearing your nails. How much control have you got over that? Stop your aging process. You can't. You've got no control. You are a soul walking around in a corpse right now. That's what you're doing. You're just well, walking towards your death right now. Sonny, it's a, it's, a, it's a Friday. We're trying to keep this shit light. we got you to be funny. And that, that I'm not like, funny. I'm, I, I, I am funny. <laughs> yeah, but, but the thing is, what I'm saying is there's certain truths that are out there that will come with age. I'm yeah. 44 years old, bro. I've heard a lot of bullshit. Dilf. Yeah, end of, right? And, uh, and as funny as life is, and it is funny, bro. Yeah. And you know, and I don't know shit. I'm still learning. You think this is knowledge? Bro, Confucius said this years ago. You know what I mean? What I'm saying right now isn't mine. <laughs> it's somebody else's. It's regurgitated. Yeah. And it's something that I've adopted to my life. Hence why I'm so passionate about it. I, I love it. We're talking about religion and phone I'm calls. not talking about religion. No, no, I'm no, talking no. about philosophy. Philosophy yeah, and shit, right? Life, yeah. uh, I never talk about religion. I said I was going to tell irrelevant. you. I said I was going to mention a story, right? Go so on. We were talking about phone-ins and stuff. One of our favourite pastimes when me and my cousin would like hang out on like a Friday, Saturday, whatever... Like we, were, we were in our teens. One of our favorite. Oh, mate, is it those books underneath the. <laughs> Fucking. No, I, I grew up in the age of Pornhub, bro. <laughs> like, oh, you're lucky. Yeah, yeah. I had to sneak in my uncle's rooms and literally, like, <laughs> what's on the side of the bed? Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> so, you grew up in the time of, like, Bush as well. You didn't even see nothing good. Like. Dude, Bush is good, man. What's this guy? Why, why, are you, why are you segregating? <laughs> Ladies, listen, natural is all good. Not natural. You know, if you want to, what whatever a, works for the individual. As long as you can carry exclusive. it well. Seriously, no, nah, man, it's all good. Either way, it's all good. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying that as long as you're getting it, it's good. What, what an exclusive. <laughs> this is the first time. You can't say that this is an exclusive. You've never said this on radio. Sonny will eat hairy pussy. He doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, but the thing is that, don't forget, if you look at um, uh, the constraints uh, and, and the projection of sexuality, mm. and it's always dictated by the media or something, right? And so there's women who are more persecuted when it comes down to their body image than men are, okay? We're only now that we have to get a six-pack because all the bloody Hindi actors have walked out with their six-packs and nine-packs. Where's the Tamindras of my generation, <laughs> bruv? So I can walk around with a big belly. I can't do that anymore. So as a result, yeah. I think that we should have that conversation where women can be bushy or not bushy and I have a preference, I don't have a preference. It's irrelevant. It should support the individuals. And I'm not here judging anyone on how they want to look after the body that they are comfortable in. I'm, I, I'm with you. I say shit for like, to be funny. But um, like I said, this is going to be the title of the whole thing. Sonny eats bush. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah, you can say what you like. I eat anything. I eat burgers, bush, non-bush, joint. I'm, I'm into all kinds of stuff. I'm a vegan now. Shit is, so, shit as a is, result... Shit is off track when Shay's not around. <laughs> listen, I t this is why Shay and I decided to do things separately because at some point Shay would have stepped in or I would have stepped in <laughs> on what she's saying. She believes in certain things and the way she was brought up, you know, with her religion and yeah. Christianity and everything like that. You might be saying right now, you've got a cut on, you've got, um, you know, you've got, a, you've got a cross on, you've got the Buddhist symbol on your hand and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Each one of these things is a part of my makeup and my journey at the moment. And as a result, it should be proud of that because it's the person you're seeing at um, 8.45 on a Friday <laughs> is who I'm representing or who I feel I am at the moment, yeah. at this moment. And... You know, I I will, I'm with it, man. That's a beautiful thing. Just to clarify, me and my cousin did not look at porn mags. 
What we used to do is, do you, you know those religious... Yeah, it's bullshit. <laughs> this fucking bullshit. guy. <laughs> he, had, he had two hits on his freaking phone just while I was sitting there like, would you like to, uh, you know, would you like to... Uh, you know, <laughs> meet single ladies meet in Meet single ladies, <laughs> or do you want your subscription to Pornhub to continue? Please enter in your oh, password. The, the good thing about this coronavirus shit is Pornhub's now offering free subscriptions, bro. Happy days. Someone <laughs> needs to do past the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Tinder um, is like... No, so what we used tender. to do... What, what we used to do was... Um, you know that you had those like religious channels. Yeah, we still have them. Eight, nine, I don't know. I don't know if you still to, know. We still got them. A lot of Muslim ones now. Well, this is the thing. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. we used to get the like evangelical Christian ones. Yeah, yeah. And the Muslim ones always used to have a phone in. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So what they used to do was, and I don't know how it works on your show because you can never just connect straight through to the presenters. No, they go to our producer. They'll and vet we'll, you. Not even vet. It's not a vetting thing. It's more like, what do you want to talk about? Oh, yeah, they are talking about that subject. And, uh, and we made a policy on our show and on the BBC as well. As long as you are respectful and you, you know, you know talking about the subject matter, yeah. you'll get on. And, uh, and as a result, people lie and get on. Yeah. And they will talk the complete opposite. This is, so yeah. this is what we used to do, right? So they used to have topic hours, right? And I remember one of the, one of the funniest ones we had was the, the, it was one of the Muslim channels, right? So it was a topic about whether discussing feminism and Islam and stuff. And it's a proper serious conversation. Wow, yeah. Yeah. And then um, we're like stuff. 14, right? And then we go through to the producer. I'm talking. We get through to the producer. And he's like, what do you want to talk about? And I was like, well, you know, I just wanted to ask Professor blah, blah, blah. I can't okay. remember his name. Professor blah, blah, blah about what his views are on like this t- certain topic. And he was like, yeah, sure. No problem at all. Uh, wait, so we waited, get through to the thing, and we're on the fucking TV, right? So uh, we, we can hear your voice. Th- yeah, we can hear. Mama on the TV, <laughs> bro. No, like we're we're literally there. And I'm like, well, Professor Muller, whatever the fuck. Uh, I want to know, Muller, you know what do you what what are your views and what does Islam teach about women and how they're such bad drivers? Oh, nice. Good expecting question. expecting to be cut off. No, this guy treats it as a serious fucking question. That's a serious question, question bro. I, I think that is a really serious question. I mean, if you look at, you know, the amount of time it took them to just get the driving license full stop in certain countries where, you know, they weren't even allowed to get behind the wheel. <laughs> that's a serious question. I think that's a really well thought out question. <laughs> Were you trying to be funny? That is a fucking... That's his career. That Come and check a, him out live. He's going to give you some that, hilarious nights out. You can out. go fuck yourself. That is a funny <laughs> thing. This guy, this guy turned around and he spent about 20 minutes discussing yeah. women drivers, bro. And how, like, you know, mentally, cognitively, they're not on the same platform as men. Oh, the I don't know about that. that equality is this and this and this. Bro, it was the funniest thing. And I'm there and I'm pissing myself <laughs> laughing. And he's like... We gave him a fake name. And he's like, well, brother Ahmed, uh, <laughs> he's giving it all this... We found an evangelical Christian one. Okay. Right? This black pastor, like, proper From America, series. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think he was, he may not have been American, but it was like evangelical oh, Christian. Okay, whatever. I thought most of them were from America. Okay, yeah, yeah, cool. Whatever. Get, get through, and we do the, the same fucking thing. We're like, well, uh, Father, blah, 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 whatever his name was. What does uh, the Christian Bible teach about blah, blah, blah? Right. And then he. I swear down to you, right? He spends about 20 minutes. We asked that a question about how race and stuff is hierarchical. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah, yeah. Bro. Especially in America, that's a big conversation. This guy, he's a black dude, and he starts defending racial hierarchy, fam. 
we were there and it stopped being funny. Yes. Like, we were kind of there. We were like 14. We were like, oh. And that was the last call we ever made. That's scary, man. It's it like, it, it, but the thing is that when you look at these individuals who, you know, do these kind of things and um, there have been documentaries made about, you know, how they take the vulnerable and the poor yeah. and uh, take their, um, their hope and turn it into profit for them individually, yeah. right? And using this concept of religion. And I say concept in a way because if you look at the messages of most religions, there is all about peace, love, and getting on. But yeah. then there's certain elements of the text that these guys can use and manipulate to benefit from it. And they prey on the vulnerable. And hence why I've got an issue with certain things when, you know, Shay uh, is preaching about. And I'm like, you do you, man. <laughs> you go on your journey. I'm cool. How, how does that work then playing obviously you guys have a child together yeah how are you raising the kid um, religious wise uh, no sh sh we just I tell her whatever I believe and what I think and then I show her proof and then uh, <laughs> and you know and then uh, Shay comes along and says well this is what happened I said this is where you find the facts of what happened <laughs> do you know what I mean and uh, so this is how we live our lives right. and uh, then I want to show her the philosophies of where you can find you know that same teaching uh, how many generations before and the paganisms and where what you know when people were living with nature and w their belief system and you can see the similarities in the stories and the narratives that have been told to us through different variations of this belief systems that people have adopted to better themselves and i think that i think religion is a really important factor in a lot of people's lives and as a result there are better people for it mm. if people are using religion to be good people and go out there and help humanity i mean there's more good than bad but the only reason that religion gets a bad name is because we only report on the when it goes wrong do you reckon religion has done more good than bad uh, I think if you look at um, if you look at the way people consume information, majority, including myself and yourself, we will follow and follow a um, sort of like a, a tradition, right? Mm. And we are bound by tradition. And these are not just things that happen in our lifetime. This happened millennia ago. Mm. And just to shake um, a habit, for example, range marriage. Let's take that for example. That's not something that happened like with our mum and dads that happened a long years, time ago years, yeah. and if you start that conversation uh, like four generations ago we might have a result today mm. and if you look at those generations those conversations and how you change people's mind frame um, you are getting to the point where you can be free to who you are but the conversation could have been started 500 years ago but as a result of community and conditioning and our economic status, and if you look at how we are as a, as a human race, we want to follow someone. So, and that's, that's where religion takes a part, plays yeah, a part. Yeah, okay. So in that respect, there's a lot of good that's happened in the human race. We are the most successful species, species uh, uh, in, in, um, in this time of, of our earth yeah. and uh, ecolo ecology, uh, if that's the right word. And we are really successful in how much we've achieved and all the other, you know, animals that have come before and all the, you know, all of those um, evolutions and um, uh, what's, it, what's that word? When, you know, Darwin, what was his? Evolution. evolution all those evolutions. We are here now because mm. we've evolved to this status and that came with some kind of mind structure and we need to follow and we need to be led in some way, shape or form. Otherwise, we wouldn't have this construct of the society we live in today. Yeah, all right, so I'm with you on that. I'm, I'm with you on the last point. Um, bro, I feel like I'm in like a philosophy lesson. This is, this is fucking crazy. My brain's just like trying to keep up with you. I love this. 
I haven't even started. I was waiting for the questions, dude. Bro, if he's not about, about to do a part two, edit, if, if, if this isn't about dick jokes, like, listen, <laughs> my brain just goes off. Like. Listen, you know what? If you want to do dick jokes, I mean, what, how many can you do? If you're circumcised, happy days. <laughs> And, and from your religion and your and your uh, culture, I'm sure you're not, right? right? Yeah, you know what I mean? And if you are, then listen, something this went is, wrong. Have I taken acid? This is like the weirdest one. When I was watching The Family about 10 years ago, I never thought of one day I'm going to be sat talking about my dick with this guy. <laughs> listen, man, a dick got me here. <laughs> and it's my dick that, you know, basically made most of my decisions moving forward. And I said, you've got to stop controlling my life. And that's when I started using my brain. How are you all, uh, completely off topic, how are your parents? They're good. Days. You yeah. go on Facebook uh, and Instagram, Mum, uh, Polly Garewal and Arvindarjit Garewal. If you go on those Facebook pages, you can see what they're up to. Would they come on the podcast? They will come on this podcast, but you will get, um, you'll get, I guess, a different kind of uh, response at the moment yeah. because of the medication and where they are oh, physically right, and all right. that kind of stuff. But it'll be entertaining because Mum entertains me no end, and my dad still is controversial and still. You know, it's funny yeah. and racist at the same time. And I say, and I say racist in a good way. Like, he's racist towards me and what I believe. And when I try to tell him, Dad, don't say that. That's not right. That's not, well, we said it in India. We said it. And, 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 and we're talking about Indians, right? He's not racist towards others. He's racist yeah. towards Indians. And starts swearing and all that kind of stuff. So he's, he's, he makes me laugh. Oh, when, when, so you're 44. Four. And you're second generation, isn't it? I am third Third generation The third generation If you look at my mum and dad They came from Kenya And prior to that Ah, So so if you look at my grandfather He moved to Kenya uh, After the war And uh, my mum's dad He he came straight from India So from my mum's side I'm second On my dad's side I'm third Yeah What? What forward. was that like growing, growing up in what the 80s? 80s. 90s? Yeah, what 80s. was that like race wise? It was interesting because uh, uh, when you look at um, someone who's going through their own turmoil uh, of dyslexia and rejection and not fitting in anywhere, mm. so racism is secondary, right? So if your your brother like you is saying, "Ah, oh, this is sicko," he can't even spell his own name. Fuck you, man! Get away from me. I swore on radio. I'm so sorry. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You do I apologize. Like, yeah. Go no, on, but I just, just drop a c word. Go yeah, on. but no, I couldn't do it because I, I want kids to see this as well. So you know, and mum and dad might watch it as well. So in that respect, I'm trying to hold back. And re- it's funny since I started doing BBC, I hardly ever swear, and I've apologized every time I have. Yeah. And uh, and and as, rightly so because you can converse and communicate without using that profanity and i think if you do use it there's nothing wrong with it because yeah. i think my favorite word is fuck right that's my favorite <laughs> word but no i'm talking about the word right now yeah. and i love that word i think it's just such a brilliant word and it's, it came from even the history of it is so obscure which is amazing in itself so when we're talking about you know um the whole idea of who i am and where we move forward mm. to and the 80s uh you know i was always uh, you know, picked on. My dad didn't have a good relationship with me because he saw I had a broken son. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can't mm. even spell his name. I'm going to have to look after him all my life. All of these pressures that other people had about me was taken away from the external, outside racism and oppression that some of our uncles and our fathers mm. felt. And they went and fought for our right to vote. They stopped the 
the National Front coming to Southall mm. and to Wembley and all of these other areas. And they, you know, they used not just force, but also their brains and uh, the, the law to change so that we can, and your dad can wear a turban and your mum can practice the religion she does. Yeah. So as a result, I have to now highlight the positives and the negatives of each community and how we get on as a country, which is Britain. You're British, I'm British, end of. And our culture is Punjabi. Mm. And we should be proud of our culture, but we should also be proud of the country that feeds us and looks after us and what we've invested into. And no one has a right to tell me I'm taking away your British passport because you have a different belief system. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with it. But I, I think it's interesting that, like, what you just said, growing up dyslexic and the relationship you have with Well, I didn't know I was dyslexic. That, yeah, so that's what I was going to go I was what stupid. I was called stupid most of my life. Even by, like, teachers and stuff? Everyone. Because I played up, right? Because, I, you know, you talk about jokes and funniness. I pick up information uh, differently than you do. You will read a book. I will walk into a room suss out who's in that room and then I think what is the subject matter that is going on here so as a result I will actually uh, take information from that and make myself know what's going on yeah. and have enough information that I can get on with a conversation and hence I store all of that in my head and, yeah. uh, and then I use it at the appropriate times so it's not even like having oh, it's, gonna, like, it's, not, it's not even like lacking an ability you just you just process stuff differently yeah Definitely, everyone does. Do I you reckon it would have like affected you in a better, in a more positive? I way would have been, I would have been really academic if I was, uh, if I could read and write. I mm. think uh, um, I, I wasn't diagnosed until the last year of my GCSEs, and I say oh. this, yeah, I know, and it was like six months before the actual um, uh, the test, and I was, do, I, they were still teaching me how to spell my name, and uh, there's this one teacher, and I still remember her name, and she's amazing, and her name was Mrs. E Moore. And, uh, and uh, she couldn't, under because the reports were coming back that I'm being disruptive in the classroom, and this is English classrooms, he understands the text, he's just not applying himself, because we were talking about Shakespeare, and we were talking about literature, we were talking about stuff I like, entertainment, mm. and so I would go there and I'd just tell him what the fuck's going on, and yeah. you know, give him a breakdown of uh, the question they were asking me. Now put it on paper. Forget about that noise. I'm <laughs> playing the class clown now, I don't want to write anything. I can't, I just can't write it. Yeah. And then I'll get chucked out. And she was like, hold on a minute, let me ask him this question, that question. Then she got me tested. And it's the best test I ever did because I failed. <laughs> and, and, and I was so happy to fail that test. And uh, when I failed, I was like, I'm not broken, man. So there is something to do with this. This is not me just taking time to learn or I'm stupid. There's not, it's, not, it's something physical in my brain that just says, dude, you don't need to do this shit. Yeah. Someone will invent a phone where you can talk into and it'll write your text. You don't need to learn this. This is for stupid people. Yeah. And so I had all these other ideas of how I learned and picked up information and this coping mechanism. How, how do you deal with it in like, your adult life? I've got a wife. <laughs> I don't send Doesn't emails. I don't, I don't send emails. You send me a voice text. I'll listen to it. You send me a text message. I just say, oh. ghost emoji. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> do you know what I mean? If yeah. you know me, you know I'm dyslexic. Why are you freaking sending me letters? It's like throwing a blind man a ball. Like, yeah, catch! You know, you're a fucking idiot. You know what I mean? Where are you, you crackhead? Has that ever like, held you back at the BBC? Nope. Yeah, the BBC knew from day one I was a dyslexic and they've been very supportive. And any job I've gone into, I've walked in, did the interview, passed the interview and told them I'm dyslexic. Yeah. And after that, it's up to them. And uh, I've never had it because I'm not ashamed of it. I think it's, yeah. it's a quality as opposed to a hindrance. And it's up to you to deal with it. Do you reckon, do you reckon our community does enough to like, understand? It's not community. I think it, as a society, uh, we need to look at difference. So instead of focusing on the Punjabi community, let's look at British uh, c 
community and how we deal with difference, how we deal with people with uh, needs, right? And uh, and and you know, uh, and we look at people who aren't the same as us as the other. And I know that these conversations aren't just happening between the white, you know, uh, uh, community. It's happening with anyone who's British, who's born here, right? Yeah. So the same arguments and the same uh, issues that uh, we and our families had with immigration and talking about difference and trying to be accepted, we are talking about other communities like that. Where do you get off and, you know, and start treating people differently when you are all ending up dead? You're all marching towards the same destiny. The only two things are guaranteed is that you're born and you're going to die, bro. Everything in between. Taxes. You know what I mean? And I don't even know about taxes. There's a lot of people like Google who aren't paying it. So, you know, I don't know if taxes is part of that conversation. But Touché, the guarantee sorry. is... Touché. No, I'm just saying. You know what I mean, even though this is on YouTube... <laughs> I don't want to offend anyone and get you demonetized. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, yeah, we love YouTube. <laughs> don't pay your taxes, YouTube. It's all right. We support you. And also, Alphabet own. Mm. Oh, why am I getting to all this? I, the, 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 totally get you demonetized. This is the freedom. You say though. freedom, and then they'll just block your do video. You believe any, do you believe in any conspiracies? Every one of them. <laughs> Give me a conspiracy, and I'll tell you why it's true. Um, no, 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 no. Huh? 9-11. 9-11. Oh, well, here's the thing. If you look at 9-11 and what happened in 9-11, there's so many, uh, so many um, factors that led up to that moment and uh, the politics behind it. It just made sense that they needed to do something, right? Something had to happen. And the, the idea of it happening at that moment isn't coincidental. So you have to ask why were everything in line for that moment to happen when uh, America was in the position it was in at that time. So as a result, forget about what happened to the towers, look at the politics around it, and then say, if that didn't happen, say those planes didn't make it, say that, you know, uh, so the security was spot on, or people were delayed, or they couldn't get onto that plane. What would have been the alternative for them to achieve those goals in a month's time, in a week's time? to get the same result where we put the whole country on high alert, the whole world on high alert, what would you have done? I think, yeah, so I'm actually kind of with it. That's one of the ones that I kind of do. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that, you know, people didn't lose their lives. Let's not get it twisted. Yeah. There are a lot of people, innocent people lost their lives on both sides. Donald Trump quote. And, uh, and if you look at it, if you look at it, there's people in the Twin Towers, but then as a result of 10 years of this, uh, war, how many people in Afghanistan, uh, you know, who fought off the, any invasion ever came to them. And even today, uh, I, I think last week, you saw the USA sat down with the Taliban with a peace deal. Yeah. So come on, dude, what did we achieve out of that? I'm kind of with it, so that's one of the ones I believe. I don't think they organised or anything, but I think they could have stopped it if they wanted to. Stopped what? Uh, the actual attack, the 9-11 attack. Because, oh man, I wish I'd watched these, rewatch these fucking documentaries. But um, yeah, it makes sense. Like, I'm kind of just look at listen, follow the money. I always say, if you ever want to find out about a conspiracy, follow the money. End of. That's it. Yeah. What? Princess Diana. That's a bit of a dead conspiracy. Like everybody knows she she just got whacked in it. Like that was like old. Well, listen, I I would argue the fact that if there was a conspiracy and it was covered up in some way, shape, or form, with any truth, give it time. There's no truth that doesn't come out with time. Do you reckon? 
find out anything that happened in like the uh, financial system. Sorry? The financial no, no, no. System. Let's go a bit further back in time. Look at, go further back in time. Jesus. And uh, go on, tell me about Jesus. What, what's the conspiracy oh, around oh, Jesus? Okay. No, no, no. Because you, you know, no, you just said Jesus, right? You mentioned Jesus, Jeshua, as he was known in his time because that's the Hebrew name of his. Yeah. So tell me, what's the conspiracy around Jeshua? Well, wasn't it something along the lines of he was a Roman, he was a Roman puppet? What? Okay, so when you look at the history and, and this, the fact that he definitely wasn't white. Okay, but if you look at the region and you look at uh, Jeshua and his family who were Jewish, right? Yeah. Where's his family lineage? Where are they? Where is the history there? I don't know. Where's the proof of Jesus and his family? I don't know. What happened to the middle Tell, part of his life? So, so we had, we've had the beginning of his life. We've got the end of his life. Where was he in the middle? Where's all that bit of our, you know, saviour's life which is always debated and they'll say this is when he went and found himself and came back at the end. So tell me, when you talk about Jesus and you talk about religion and a belief system which has about millions, we have to be careful in the sense that we don't knock people who actually use his teachings or the teachings of those individuals so and those scriptures. No, that's what I'm asking you. So what is the conspiracy? When you say Jesus, what's the conspiracy? Well, I, uh, oh man, I wish I'd read up on this a lot. But um, the <laughs> fact that guy. he was he was like a Roman puppet to like um, actually start controlling people, and then he kind of went off the rails. I don't really think that that one's true. Okay. Um, but then the fact that he's, he's now white he's like a, a, a good looking white dude now so if you want to ever want if you want someone to follow you or I want you to follow me I'm going to have to go and then actually find someone that looks like you for, to get the full concept of you being behind me yeah. so there's no point putting someone who looks like someone from the region in your, in your churches so that you could follow. You go to any church in the world, around the world, where yeah. Christianity is, you will find a black, a Chinese, an Indian. You will find a, no. uh, you'll find a blue-eyed, blonde-haired Jesus. You will find their version of Jesus because you want to reflect them. So this oh, whole idea... Google, Google Indian Google, Jesus, Yeah, please. go Google Indian like images. No, no, hilarious. this is what I'm trying to say to you. Because what you want to do is you want to let the population know Jesus was for everyone, right? So if... If Jesus is my saviour, he should look like me in some way, shape or form. So those churches and those, uh, those communities painted Jesus in their image. And there's nothing wrong with you know, the Europeans painting him in that image if the message hasn't been watered Do down. Uh, yeah. Nothing wrong with that. It's just because that's what you're consuming. It doesn't mean that's the truth or the fakeness of it. Well, I'm not, uh, see, I, I don't know. I disagree with that a little bit. I feel like you can't even tell me if Jesus existed right now. Oh, no. So I thought that was proven. How? When? Uh, uh, oh man, well you can't ask me I don't know, questions. I'm just saying You're just saying, oh look, he didn't look like this Alright, you, you just said Jesus And I'm like, where's his family? I'm saying, if Jesus was a real person He would not be a blue-eyed white guy I'm not even arguing if he was or not It's a concept, it's the idea Just like, um, if you look at, uh, for example uh, uh, any, Okay, uh, if you want to make a villain of someone You just have to paint a picture of that villain And make them into a negative Right. True. So again, I go back to my previous statement. If you look at Jesus, every community has their version of Jesus. So he's not blue-eyed. He's not black. He's not a thing. He's an idea. Did you get Indian Jesus? Oh, oh, this In his image. <laughs> what the fuck is this? Look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In his image. 
<laughs> yeah, what the fuck? Oh, there you go. Okay. There you go. So every community has their verse. It's the message. You're missing the point of Christianity. It's the message that's important, not the, uh, not just the image of that individual For who's trying to. Fuck's sake! I just got destroyed on my own podcast. It's all right, I can do this all day long. <laughs> my IQ is over 150. I feel like, Sonny, now nah, you've had your time, bro. I'm, I'm not getting. I'm not having you come here and get. Are you taking me off now? You taking yeah, me off now? You're cut. Look at this. I've been, I thought, when are you going to interview me? <laughs> <laughs> when was that gonna start, bro? I, I thought we were getting started here. I told you. I told you. I'm going, man. Forget this. I think. I think Sunny is done with the show. We'd like to thank him for coming on. I'm gonna retweet this shit. <laughs> Bye, Sunny. This is my life. I think. I think we're done. That was Sunny Guru. <laughs>